Unboxing by Christina Roth. A tall, perky brunette in a purple velour tracksuit smiled broadly at me when I opened my front door. Hey, it's nice to finally meet you, Julie said. I smiled in return and ushered her in. We'd been trying to make contact for several months after a mutual friend recommended her. Julie had spent numerous weekends helping another woman go through 30 years worth of belongings after a divorce. Finally, we found a date that worked for both of us. Where would you like to start, I asked. Should we go right to work in the basement or would you like to see the whole house? It would be helpful to see everything, she replied enthusiastically. All right, then I'll save the best for last, I said and led her up the stairs. She assured me that she held no judgment, but honestly, I wasn't at all embarrassed to have a stranger examining rooms that even my closest family didn't see. Exhaustion and overwhelm superseded my need for privacy, kind of like how being in labor erases natural modesty in the struggle to give birth. Upstairs, we toured my bedroom, my office, my son's room, and the open kitchen, living, and dining spaces. All were full, messy, and cluttered. Before we went downstairs, she said, I'm seeing themes here. You've got books in nearly every room, lots of piles of paper, and craft supplies throughout the house. All of that was nothing compared to what waited in the basement. Friends said it looked like a craft store exploded there. Throw in a bookstore and thrift store, and they weren't far off. I'd always been a crafter and a reader. I didn't know where to begin, but Julie did. She pulled the boxes, pushed up against the walls into the middle of the room. Many of them were still halfway unpacked from my move three years earlier after my separation. This was partly because we were renting and I didn't want to get too settled until I located a permanent home for me and my boy, one we could call our own but I was also too physically and emotionally exhausted after taking care of everything on my own to deal with the boxes. Adjusting to solo parenting required all I had. Now, a few years into my new life and with my son away for the summer with his dad, I found time and motivation for the task. Julie grouped the boxes together by what seemed like similar categories to her. At first, I thought the categories were a little off. Boxes of scrapbooking paper sat by bins of unused Montessori items. Piles of books were moved next to cartons of mini albums. I half-heartedly sorted through the boxes and set items aside that were easy to let go. I watched Julie energetically move boxes around. Her zeal overwhelmed me a little. What had I gotten into? But I found that her energy ignited my own. As she rearranged my boxes, I was given a new way of looking at what they contained. When she moved items from where they'd sat for years into different spaces, I could better evaluate their usefulness and purpose. Even though she wasn't using the KonMari method, I felt that same sense of waking up the items. I could see more clearly. It became easier to let go and easier to organize. By the end of the night, she'd filled her car with items I decided to relinquish to charity. They need to get out of the house now so you aren't tempted to keep them, she said. I continued to sort that week until our next meeting. The progress I made after years of facing my piles while frozen in my tracks was enlivening. 
I somehow found enough breathing room to step outside of the all-consuming effort of solo parenting and take care of neglected parts of my own life. As I worked, I realized it wasn't so much the way Julie rearranged the boxes, as much as that she pulled them out of the dark corners and into the light. I'd changed so much in the three years since the boxes were unloaded into the basement. My priorities and responsibilities were different now. I'd sorted through dark corners and cluttered beliefs about myself and how I'd manage as a solo mom. Now it was time to start doing the same for the physical mess hiding in the basement. Julie wasn't the first stranger who had reached out to help me. Before I left California three years earlier, my divorce counselor connected me with a kind estate sale organizer from her church. Typically, she helped downsize homes for seniors moving into assisted living or liquidate estates after a death. She offered her services to me at a greatly reduced rate. She knew she was ministering to me, even if she didn't put it that way. I was a little embarrassed that first time to have someone see my stuffed rooms and closets. From the street, my house was beautiful, but inside was a different story. Clutter had plagued me even before motherhood. Parenting a spirited little boy understandably left less time and energy to confront my mess. Now I needed real help as I counted the days and weeks before a cross-country move I was managing on my own during a season of great stress and change. Jane was in her 60s, tall with curly gray hair, calm and kind, a transplant from the Maine coast to the West Coast. As we toured my mess, Jane told me, it's so normal for families to feel overwhelmed about the stuff in their parents' home. And elderly people don't want the neighbors to see the state of their houses. So I come in and get things organized and cleared up ahead of time. I've seen everything. Jane's method was a little different than Julie's. We didn't have the open space of an unfinished basement to work in. Instead, we went room by room. Drawers and boxes were emptied onto folding tables she brought. Lots of tables. It's so much easier to sort items if you can see everything, she said. It was true. I liked this method. The significance of Jane's help wasn't lost on me. Mine wasn't her typical end-of-life work, but this change in my life most certainly was a death nonetheless. Separating belongings into what to leave and what to take was yet another step in the grieving process. I was preparing to leave behind what I thought my life and my son's life would be like. I was saying goodbye to our California dream house and moving 1,500 miles away to a rental in South Dakota. He wouldn't have the big pool, swing set, large playhouse, and giant sand pit where we were going. We wouldn't have our park light yard of mature trees and flowering bushes. And, of course, he would grow up spending school years with only his mom and summers with only his dad. When the moving van pulled up a few weeks later, the motto printed on its side caught my breath, helping the world keep promises. Certain people in my life had not kept their promises, but these women and countless others had kept theirs while they helped me unbox my mess and labor toward my future. As mothers themselves, some of them also divorced, they knew that raising a child on my own was a giant undertaking. 
They stepped in to fill the gaps left by others. When they gave me love and support, I was better able to give it to my son. Their strength and confidence kindled my own. They helped me prepare well for a journey I hadn't planned to take. A move back to my hometown with a new identity. Even though it wasn't under the circumstances I'd hoped for, I looked forward to raising my son in a place where we had deep roots. Underneath it all, Julie and Jane weren't only helping me with the physical messes in my home. They were helping me pick my way through the mess of an upturned life. Things still get super big-time messy, both in the house and in our souls. Life, work, and school crowds out time to keep on top of everything. Like all moms, I still need help. But the lessons they taught me empower me to keep my promises to my son and myself as we move forward together. Well, Christina, I so appreciate you sharing this piece with us today. And as I'm doing with all the writers this season, I have also have some questions prepared that I'd love to just spend a little time getting to know you. And so to begin with, I'd love for you to just share a little bit about yourself and your family, as well as maybe one special, interesting, or quirky thing about your family. Oh, <laughs> okay. Um, well, I... Um I'm raising my son mostly on my own. He's yeah. nine. He's a wonderful, um, energetic, smart, funny child. He keeps me very busy. Um, and when I can, I work on my own writing along with other work and um, art also. That's wonderful. Thank you. Um, and something fun about us is we live in the Black Hills of South Dakota. We are just 30 minutes down the road from Mount Rushmore. Wow. Um, the, yeah, giant carving of the president. So That's cool. Awesome. Well, I would love to know uh, what is one thing that you do, don't do, or a product that you use to make your life a little bit easier as a mom? I am really... I guess, choosy about what activities we get involved with. Um, mm -hmm. Sometimes I do feel, I don't know if guilty is the right word, but I, I am really careful about the commitments we add. I think we both do better when we have ample free time in the evening to just, not just to relax, but also just to putter and kind of do what we want to do instead of driving all over town. Right. Um, I, yeah, I found that helps us. That's great. And would you say that you are a morning person or a night owl? And what is your routine for that time of the day? I would say probably more of a morning person. Um, once my son is out the door and on his way to school, mm -hmm. um, I use that time to gather my thoughts, make mm -hmm. my to-do list for the day, and then usually... Um, try to sit down and do something either related to writing or editing. Well, great. And my last question for right now is, what is one topic you could talk about forever? I could talk about arts and crafts, I think, forever, yeah. both for, for grownups and for kids. Yeah. What are some of the things you really love to make? I do a lot of uh, mixed media, so kind of collages using um, 
maps and vintage fabrics. I also love photography. And I just love seeing children being given the opportunity to be creative. Um, Mm -hmm. Not necessarily recreate a set project, but just be given art supplies and maybe a little bit of direction and then just let them do what they want. I love that. Yeah. Do you do this as a hobby or do you have like an Etsy shop or something like that? At times I've had an Etsy shop. Um, I have taught children's art classes um, in the past also. And in the future, I would like to um, to pick that up again. Well, thank you so much for being here today and can't wait to share more of your work with our community in the future. Thank you so much. I appreciate it.